Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Yeah, welcome back into Coffee Break this morning, News Radio 95 KCAP. I'm Kirk Kittleson, setting in for Troy Shockley this morning. And as I said, we're having a little trouble with the phone this morning, so we'll kind of reverse order of our Coffee Break today. And we'll open it up talking a little speed with Jimmy Wallenberg of Helena. If you can get closer to that microphone for us this morning, Jimmy. And okay. I guess we'll start off. Let's. Well, introduce yourself a bit. You a Helena native? And I'm not a Helena native, but uh, I've lived here for 37 years. My wife is actually from Helena, um, so that's how I ended up here. But, yeah. So you're like me, kind of an import. Yeah. <laughs> but I have been here for 37 or 34 years, so it's, it's become home. Uh, but recently, uh, well, I guess not that recently, you've been to Bonneville Salt, Salt Flats a couple of times, but here just recently you did something for the second time. You, you got yourself another uh, land speed record. Yeah, we, uh, we set one last year down there uh, in our class. We run a a de-engine size, which is under 305 cubic inch. We're running about 304 and a half. Uh, and then uh, we're running blown, supercharged, on gas in a rear-modified Roadster. And so we set a record down there last year of uh, 173.5 something. And then uh, we went down this year with three goals. One was to beat that record and set a new record which we did earlier in the week. We set a record at 177.6, and then uh, then we smoked that later in the week and uh, set a new record at 198.5 uh, with a top speed of just over 200. Wow, and that's that's flying. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> that's flying. How'd you get into racing? I mean, is this you were a gearhead that just always wanted to go faster? Yeah, I, I I've always been into auto racing, mostly road racing type tracks, not ovals. And uh, I became a big fan. I used to go to the Formula One races in uh, Watkins Glen, New York, every year when I grew up outside the city. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway. Um, Bonneville was always on my hit list. It was something you uh, read about in Hot Rod Magazine and the old days, and it was just something I was like, wow, that'd be something. And then I went there. Um, I, I was a motorsports photographer, and I went there in 2013 and did a photo shoot. And, in fact, I shot the car that I now own. Um, so it was kind of ironic when that came up for sale. I, I said, I got to get this car. Yeah. And you're the one who does the driving too, yes, right? Yes, I, I drive. Um, first time we went down was 2019 with the car after we had built the engine. and um, But the salt got kind of rained out, and we didn't run. Uh, it was just too, too rough, too dangerous. So we packed up that year, but... Went back in 20 and then again this year. So. Yeah, and I saw in the, in the article I read about the event, uh, you got some pretty good salt to run on this year. You guys were all pretty excited about it. Yeah, this year um, was one of the best years in quite a while. Everybody was talking about 15 years. It's, it hasn't been this good. So it was rock hard, very smooth. Uh, it, it was ideal conditions to run really fast. So we... We really wanted to take advantage of it this year because you never know. <laughs> Next year could be completely different. And then uh, I saw, too, you it wasn't without uh, your set of glitches. We were talking about glitches before we came in. That It's it's racing. You have some problems once yeah, in a while. How'd that, how'd that work out for you? Well, it, 
in the end, it worked out great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in, in the beginning, it was uh, a little disturbing. <laughs> so, but um, after you uh, set a record, you have to go through scrutineering. They check the displacement of your engine to make sure you're within class specs and other items on the car. And when we were putting our rockers back on, they have you pull a set of rockers off so they can uh, pump the engine for displacement. Anyway, when we were tightening the rockers back up, we snapped a shaft. Um, not good. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Tuesday morning, and then we were able to get a new part air freighted to us, but we didn't get it until Wednesday afternoon about 2.30. So... But we got the car back together, got it to the start, and uh, that's when we ran 200. So. Yeah, because you guys were planning on leaving. You only had a finite time down there, right? Yeah, we were leaving Thursday. So Wednesday uh, was critical to try and qualify again and get the car an impound. Uh, it has to go into impound overnight when you qualify. And then uh, every all the cars in impound run first thing in the morning uh, for their backup runs because you have to make two passes, and they average those two passes and if those, that average is over the current record, you've exceeded and you get a new record. So, yeah, we wanted to get an impound Wednesday night because Thursday wasn't <laughs> going to do us any good. And I guess with this record you said back in 2020, it got broken. So that gave you a little extra motivation to get back down there and do it again? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, a gentleman, a friend of mine, actually, I know pretty well, he broke my record in October at what's known as the World Finals. So we were, uh, that was one of our other goals as well, uh, get that record back and then um, be able to qualify to go on to the long course and also go 200. So we, we met all three goals that we went down there with. Yeah, we Jimmy, had a good week. We had a good week. Jimmy Wallenberg is our guest this morning at Coffee Break talking about his recent run and world record at the Bonneville Speed Week. That happened just earlier this month, right? Well, it happened uh, for second week of August, oh, yeah, usually. August. So this year it was August 7th through the 13th. Yeah. yeah. So is this uh, something you look forward to keeping on going here for a while? You, uh, <laughs> hopefully that, nobody yeah. breaks your record and you have to go back for sure. No, but. uh we're, we're definitely going back for a couple more years. Definitely in two years, it's the 75th running. So we'll go back next year and the following year for sure. Uh, we're hoping to be able to push our current record up into the 210-ish range. Uh, now that we can run on the five-mile course versus the three, uh, we've set the car up to really let the ponies run, and we should be able to get up there. Yeah, I guess, you know, we are talking to you about this, but yeah quite a few people helping you out with this and quite a team that's uh, making this all possible for you to have a little fun uh, yeah. on the racetrack. I, absolutely. Uh, without those guys, uh, it'd be impossible. There's, there's no way you can do it by yourself. You need a crew. So I have two uh, guys that come with me. They're out of Bozeman, Chris Coons and, uh, um, oh my goodness. Names <laughs> go right out of my head, but Jeff, he's at, he's at Holman, Jeff Holman. He's at a Whitehall. And then I have two friends here that came with me, Gary Dowler, and my crew chief was Sean Broadaway out of Helena. Yeah. So, And you guys have packed a, quite an engine underneath that little hood. Yeah, we stuffed uh, – there isn't much room left in there once you get <laughs> oh, it all imagine. packed in. Um, but uh, Jason and Al over at Advanced Engines in here, here in Helena, they, uh, they built me one heck of a motor. <laughs> that thing just uh, – We've hardly had to do anything to it, just slight tune-ups to it, and, uh, man, it runs. <laughs> What's it like 
going 170 plus miles per hour. Well, the salt, not everybody can experience that. Yeah, the salt is different because it's so flat and wide open, and you have real no, you have no definition of distance or anything other than the mile markers that come at you on the course. So your sense of speed is is definitely di- off because you don't have trees and buildings and yeah. signs going by you. But you you can tell you're you're cruising. But you, I don't have a speedometer. Most cars do not. Um, we're running off a formula that we use from the tack of what we're running RPM-wise. So we have an idea of where we're at. I do when I'm in the car running. Um, and we just try and maintain, get up there and run at that that RPM that we want to. So like when you get to the end of that course, you don't know whether you did anything or not. You just you have a feeling. Yeah, you ran just pretty have good. a feeling. Uh, blow the chute after the <laughs> three-mile marker and uh, stop. In fact, um, an official came up to me right after we came to, to when I came to a stop, pulled up and uh, told me I went 200. Yeah, so that was that was that was uh, that was a moment. Yeah. So how I mean, you were talking three mile to five mile course. What's the difference between getting on a three mile course? Is there a qualifying to get to the five mile? course? Yeah, you have to. So the three mile course is usually set up for cars under 175. And then um, the long course is for the big boys going up to almost 500 miles an hour. So, um, but in order to move from the short course to the long course, you have to go 175 at the two and a quarter timing mark. And we just kept missing it all last year. And the first couple of passes this year, we were 174 and change, 173. And finally, we ran 195 uh, to two and a quarter. So now we can move. Now we qualify and we can run on the long course. And that means maybe more speed next year? Yeah, because we've geared the car to run out uh, top top end, you know, get there and then maintain. So it takes a little bit longer to get up to speed with the gearing that we have. So we need that extra real estate. But once once we get on there, yeah, we that's where we think we'll be able to push into the 210s, low two teens. So is that still the same class then? Yeah, or? yeah, we'll be running exactly the same class, same engine, um, trying trying to push that record to uh, unattainable so it stays <laughs> so it stays a while stays for a while. <laughs> Keep my name in that record book. Keep your name in that record book. Well, congratulations to that run at Bonneville Salt Flats, and uh, sounds like a, a hobby that turned into quite a passion over the last few years and i can i'll tell you if you're if anyone's into cars you gotta go to speed week you gotta go down to bonneville one time it is it's like nothing else you've ever seen uh it's you know it's known as the fastest place on earth yeah and about how many cars show up for that uh there were over uh there were over 400 teams there this year um usually it's pushing you the high 450s but um it was off a little bit because the international teams weren't coming in, so the Canadians couldn't come down. And their teams come from all over the world. I mean, Japan, Germany, Italy, uh, to run there. They ship their cars or motorcycles over, and um, they run. Yeah. So you'll see cars there. Like most, most of the stuff there is like hand built in somebody's garage by a bunch of gearheads. <laughs> just want to go fast. So, so it's like getting together with a, a fraternity every year when you go down there. Yeah, and the other unique thing at Bonneville is it's a real uh, fraternity atmosphere, so to speak, because if I break apart, I can go to any other team 
and, and ask if they've got a part, and they'll give it to you, even if they're running the same class as you. Everybody uh, tries to help each other out. It's, it's a really unique uh, situation there. There's no corporate teams. There's no money involved in this. It's just for the thrill. It's just guys that want to yeah. drive fast. Yeah. <laughs> See how fast you can go. Yeah, well, that's exciting stuff. So uh, next year, still planning to go down in early August? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go down first. It's usually the second full week of August, so... We'll get the car all ready come springtime. We're pretty much getting her put to bed for the winter. And then uh, we'll start getting her prepped in the spring, go through it, um, probably freshen up the motor, and then uh, pack up and head for the salt. Do you ever take that car out to car shows, just kind of show it off so people know what you're driving? I, ha I have taken it to a couple of car shows. I took it to Fall Fest one year in Townsend, and I took it to the uh, big blast from the past this year. We had it there out at the... Old Broadwater Fairgrounds, okay, or I, the Broadwater Grounds. I thought I saw it out there because I got a three-year-old that just every car he sees is a race car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a great show to go to. That's yeah. a really well-done show. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty sorry for his parents right now. That <laughs> he might be one of those guys that has an expensive hobby when he gets a little older. So that's good, though. He loves he loves those cars. Maybe he's one of those guys that wants to go Yeah, fast. and, you know, at that show, I – I try and uh, entertain the kids as much. I put them in my car. I let them sit in it. And it's all about, you know, that's what it's about, the next generation. Yeah. Getting them encouraged and uh, excited about it. So. All right. Jimmy Wallenberg, I guess, this morning on Coffee Break. I guess we could almost call you one of the fastest men in Helena, huh? Well, I don't know. I don't <laughs> you haven't there, raced there, everybody. There's some faster guys, I think. <laughs> well, world record holder, and congratulations to Thank that. You. Thank thanks you. Thanks for coming in this morning. All right. Thanks. We have some more coming up on Coffee Break here on News Radio 95 KCAP. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Yes, coffee break this morning on News Radio 95 KCAP. Kirk Kittleson in for Troy Shockley, who is still out of the office. But hopefully uh, we have him back here soon. And finally, we have gotten through on the phone this morning to uh, our first guest. Well, the first guest we were planning on this morning, uh, Dr. Katrina Lewis, who is with Advanced PTSD Solutions. Uh, good morning, and thank you for joining us here this morning. Good morning, Kurt. Wonderful to be on the radio with you. Uh, well, let's first talk a little about what is Advanced PTSD Solutions. My practice has been running, actually, for about six years. Um, originally, I was working out of a community hospital, but I uh, recently went solo. I've been running the practice out of Spokane, Washington as well, but moved to Montana, moved the entire practice to Montana last year. I do have a proprietary 
still a ganglion block protocol to treat PTSD of all kinds. And what is unique about my program is that unlike um, Sean Malvaney and Eugene Lipoff, who are the leaders in treating military PTSD in America, although there's other studies obviously worldwide, I took every kind of PTSD from people with PTSD from childhood all the way through. So I, I treat the gamut, veterans and, and every other kind of PTSD and also some other anxiety disorders like OCD, generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder and associative order with my proprietary algorithm which is customized for each patient. Um, and I've had quite astounding results and I have a huge patient following. So I would like to let more people know about this because PTSD is far more prevalent than people realize. And a lot of people think that there's no options and, and oftentimes medications don't really do anything. Counseling helps, but it's not the whole answer. And right now in our military population, as you probably know, we're seeing one to two suicides a day from PTSD. So this is an urgent problem. Yes, it is. I guess, you know, we, we talk about PTSD. We hear those letters out there a lot. But exactly what is it? PTSD, unlike depression, which is, is major depression is more of a chemical imbalance related to your happy hormone, serotonin, PTSD is actually a dysfunction, a hyperarousal issue in your fight and flight system, which is your sympathetic nervous system. So when I'm doing these stellate ganglion blocks, I'm essentially blocking with local anesthetic the sympathetic nervous system. And PTSD, true PTSD, as I say, there, there's a gamut of anxiety disorders that are all driven by your fight and flight system and, and problems and hyperarousal in there. But true PTSD, patients have, there are actually eight criteria psychiatrically, and it includes things like flashbacks, hallucinations, nightmares, sleep disturbance, hypervigilance is a big one, often anger and irritability, panic attacks, um, what's called anhedonia, where people kind of feel numb. And actually, it's what drives a lot of chronic pain as well as a lot of addiction in our population. And that's something that I've been monitoring and treating as well because I'm a pain management specialist and I saw a lot of chronic pain patients as well as a lot of my patients who had addiction problems and the underlying issue was PTSD. And so when I treated the PTSD in concert with their psychiatrists and their uh, addiction counselors and their psychologists, I am I'm seeing something like, you know, 80 or 90% improvement, not only in the PTSD, but in their addiction and in some of their chronic pain. I have several patients whose fibromyalgia, for instance, disappeared completely. Um, I see a lot of headaches associated with PTSD patients, and I see resolution of that. Um, a lot of PTSD patients have neck and chronic pain issues. Um, and shoulder issues, and that often is dramatically alleviated. And in fact, um, a lot of the, the adult drug treatment court and veterans court was sending me a lot of their addiction patients because those patients had all the resources available, but yet were struggling to control cravings and were having repeated relapses. And for many of them, it's been an absolute miracle in terms of controlling that and, and just really kick-starting their lives and making a fresh start. So so your protocol, do you do, you do a mix of, of <clears throat> drugs or counseling or how, what is 
the way you do things? Mm. What makes it different? What's different is that, as I say, I, I treat all PTSD, but instead of all the data out there, I, 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 I'm hoping to publish later this year. I have published. I have presented at several conferences, and I won the White Paper Award at the American Society of Pain and Neuroscience in 2019. What's unique about what I do is that I'm not just doing one stellar ganglion block and then just sending the patient away, which is what tends to have been done for the military. If you, There was a CBS 60 Minutes special actually on stellar ganglion blocks for PTSD, and I believe many of the VAs are actually already using it. But there's differences. What, what I've developed and evolved over time, and it's still evolving, is that depending, it, there's importance in terms of which side you do, and, and I have a, a lot of understanding. There's a lot of variables that go into which side I inject, and there's a sequence in which I do the blocks. And it's not typically for, and it makes sense, right? If somebody who's had PTSD since they were a child from terrible childhood abuse, is not going to just respond with one of the they'll respond, but it's not going to last very long. So I've formulated um, a proprietary algorithm, and and I do tailor it to each individual patient. And as I'm doing this series of blocks, which is different for every patient, it's based on certain criteria, objective criteria that I look at, look at, like their PCLC, which is a actual PTSD score, and then I look at certain other parameters as well. Um, so I haven't seen anything published like this worldwide, although there's a lot of work on stellar ganglion blocks for PTSD. But what I'm doing is that I've been able to take PTSD patients that were not just adult onset PTSD, like military or someone, say, who has been assaulted or raped or in a bad car accident, but these people who've had long-term symptoms and actually get dramatic results in terms of reduction in their medications. Some, a lot of my patients have been able to get rid of their psychiatric medications entirely. Um, a lot of my patients have seen dramatic improvements in their sleep, in their ability to concentrate, um, in, in, in all of the parameters that are affected by PTSD. So it's actually been huge. And, and, and right now, there's probably at least 40 million people in America with PTSD, um, and, I, and I see a lot of my patients who come to me, all of them by word of mouth. I've, I've done no advertising here in Montana, I ha and I have a lot of patients from out of state, but they never realized that there was this option because there's been so much emphasis on just treating veterans. I do have a lot of wonderful veterans who've really improved dramatically um, and are so happy, and what I'm hoping to get is to get most of the insurance companies to pay for it because right now most of them do not. They still claim it's experimental, but actually the evidence base to support this is dramatic. All right. It's uh, Dr. Katrina Lewis with us here. We just have a few more seconds left. Uh, unfortunately, we had some phone trouble and couldn't get through earlier. But Advanced PTSD Solutions, the best way to find out more, probably go online and then they can find out more, maybe get a phone call in and find out more from you. Yes, absolutely. If they go online to my website, which is advancedptsdsolutions.com, or one word, there's a lot of information on my website and the contact information and a phone number they can call. And my, my consultations with patients are completely free. And they can do it by telehealth, um, like a Zoom visit, or they can come in office. 
um, I do not charge for the actual consultation. They must all, however, have a referral from their psychologist or psychiatrist and they, before they see me, because obviously I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, I don't make the diagnosis. Um, but I would be happy to see anybody who has questions, and they are welcome to go and research on the internet as well. Um, all right. This is all substantiated. All right. Our guest this morning, Dr. Katrina Lewis, Advanced PTSD Solutions. We do thank you for your time, and I, I apologize for the phone troubles. We didn't get as much time with you as I would have liked, but thank you for taking time out with us this morning. Oh, I appreciate you, Kurt. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.